Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. St. Paul says in the letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1, For freedom Christ has made us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So as we start to consider the part of the teachings of the Catholic Church that refer to the moral life, that is, uh, how we should live in order to serve God and reach heaven, I would like to consider first some of the foundations to that moral teaching of the Catholic Church. So we need to look at what is freedom, what is responsibility, what are the human acts, what are virtues, the importance of grace and the law of God in the work you know, of our salvation, what is sin, and so forth. So we want to speak about morality, that is, the, the way we can get to heaven. We need to speak first about these foundations for that morality. So today I would like to start considering what is freedom, which is one of the greatest gifts that God has given each one of us when he created us. So we hear uh, speak a lot today about freedom. We have it in our national anthem. We talk a lot about it. Uh, on how we have to fight for our freedoms and so forth. And these things are all important. But in most cases, when we think about freedom, we think about freedom as the capacity to do whatever we choose to do. But that is not the proper definition of freedom. It's not even a good description of freedom. So to give a better uh, opinion of, or idea of what is freedom, first of all, it might be good to say that if we are free at all, it is thanks to our Creator who gave us the quality of being free, of having free will. There are many other beings in creation that don't have a free will. For example, the earth, the water, rocks, trees, plants in general, and animals don't have free will. In that sense, uh, having free will, being free, is directly related to having a rational being, right? To uh, having intelligence. Our intelligence is uh, proper to our human being, and it is our intelligence that sees the truth. And the will is the attraction, or the will has the capacity to be attracted to that truth. The will is the appetite that makes us desire truth under its aspect of good. So this is why our free will is also called the rational appetite. So truth and good are two aspects of being, right? They are the two of the transcendentals of being, right? Good or goodness, truth, beauty, being, etc., are aspects of being. So what our intelligence apprehends as truth, our will desires as good. So freedom is a quality, a characteristic of our will, by which we can freely desire, freely choose to embrace a good. Or more exactly, as the Catechism of the Catholic Church says in 1731, freedom is the power rooted in reason and will to act or not to act, to do this or that, and so to perform deliberate actions on one's own responsibility. It attains its perfection when directed toward God, who is our beatitude. So now there are uh, several meanings of the word freedom. There is, uh, of course, the external freedom. That is, freedom of external constraint. If I'm tied to a post and I cannot move around, 
I would say that I'm not free. I still have free will. I still can choose to want something or not. I can choose to pray, but I'm in externally bound to a post. And therefore, I'm not free to do certain things, certain external things. I'm not free to move around. The same applies if I live in a country where the civil authority does not allow me to do certain things, or I will be killed or tortured or put in prison. So in that sense, I'm under constraint. We know that under certain totalitarian regimes, Catholics were not allowed to practice their basic uh, religious worship, or they would be imprisoned or executed. So that's the basic external freedom. This sense of freedom is very important, because it it, it constrains or limits the choices that we have uh, uh, available in our actions. And sometimes we can be forced externally to do what otherwise we would not want to do. But there is a more profound meaning of freedom, which is the interior ability to choose a course of action, to choose to consent on an interior or exterior thing. For example, I can choose to love God in my heart. I can choose to say an interior prayer to Jesus in silence. And no one can take away that interior freedom. No one can take away that freedom. However, we could limit our own capacity to choose freely. Indeed, the more we sin, or the more we increase our vices and the gravity of our sins, the more we become attached to those things, and therefore our interior freedom becomes more and more corrupted. On the contrary, the more we do what is good, the more we do what is according to the will of God, the more we perfect our freedom, and we become more and more united to God, more and more strengthened in the willingness and the capacity to choose and to do what is good, and that's how we grow in virtue. As the Catechism says in Numbers 1732 and 1733, freedom has the possibility of choosing between good and evil, and thus of growing in perfection or failing and sinning. This freedom characterizes properly human acts. The more one does what is good, the freer one becomes. There is no true freedom except in the service of what is good and just. To do evil is an abuse of freedom and leads to the slavery of sin. So to simplify what we just read from the Catechism, freedom is not the power to do whatever I want to do. Or as Pope Benedict put it in one of his uh, catechesis of St. Paul, freedom is not libertinism. In other words, freedom is not doing whatever you want. On the contrary, freedom is that interior capacity to freely choose to do what is good. In this sense, there's an awesome example that I would like to share with you. Uh, in the life of blessed Franz Jägerstatter. He was an Austrian farmer born in 1907, and he died a martyr in 1943. My grandmother on my dad's side was born in Austria, so uh, around that time. So his life has a great meaning to me as well. We're, like There's a connection, let's say, right, with him. 
So a majority of Austrian people were starting to be attracted to Nazism. They Many saw them as the only way forward or way out of a greater disaster, so to speak. To the extent that Austria, they all voted to be finally annexed to Germany. The Second World War then began. And France was called to serve twice in the army on the side of the Nazi Germany. On those two occasions, he was able to uh, return to his family and his local farm thanks to the local mayor of his town. He interceded for him. But he finally realized that fighting for the Nazi forces was unethical and sinful. So he decided that if he uh, were called up again a third time, this time he would refuse. And indeed, he was called, and he decided to refuse to fight. He offered, uh, and, and that situation was really difficult, right? He at least, he said, okay, I can offer to uh, serve in nonviolent ways, for example, like a medic. But this option was denied to him. Many in his town called him a coward and a traitor. The Nazi authorities in Berlin found him guilty after arresting him. They tried him and they sentenced him to death because of sedition, particularly for uh, this was a quote, for undermining the military morale. So he was executed, beheaded in August 1943, for standing for what he thought was the will of God for him. There's a powerful movie, uh, which I encourage you to watch, about his life, called A Hidden Life. It's based on the true facts and uh, his writings. So it's very accurate, let's say. And there's a moment in the movie that, you know, might have happened that way, I'm not completely sure, but uh, it captures his spirit and the sufferings he went through. And this is what I, I'm sure he would have said in a similar situation. After he is arrested, he's tried and found guilty, and close to the day of his execution, uh, actually the day of his execution, his lawyer, perhaps to uh, save him from death, tries to convince him to bow to Hitler and give up what he, France, thought was truly right. So the day of his execution, the lawyer tries to get uh, France to sign this paper, an oath of fidelity to Hitler. To Hitler. So uh, the lawyer says to France, see, I'm going to leave this paper here with you. Sign it and you will be free. And in that moment, I think uh, it's one of the key lines of the movie, France answer, answers him, but I am free. Now, he was imprisoned. He was not allowed to live with his family in his farm, which is what he wanted. He was going to be executed. And still he has the greatness to say, I am free. So there are some letters that he wrote while he was waiting uh, execution, which were kept. There we read several things that are completely related to this principle of interior free will and how it is different and greater than the external freedom and how important it is to make the right decisions in order to serve God according to our conscience and according to the will of God and eventually be saved and enter heaven. So on the same day he was uh, executed, August 9th, 9th, 1943, he wrote, if I must write with my hands in chains, I find that much better than if my will were in chains. Neither prison 
nor chains, nor sentence of death can rob a man of the faith and his free will. God gives so much strength that it is possible to bear any suffering. People worry about the obligations of conscience regarding my wife and my children. But I cannot believe that just because one has a wife and children, a man is free to offend God. So these words, I think, are truly inspired. So I will leave you with this amazing example to ponder during these coming days. Is your will chained by vice or by sin? Are you truly free to do always as is pleasing to God? So if you could take something uh, from today's episode, the first thing would be this. Remember. Freedom is not the ability, the ability uh, to do whatever you want. True freedom is that interior ability to choose what is right. The interior capacity to love God, to choose to do His will, which is always holy, which is always good. A second thing to remember would be this. The more we choose what is good, that is, the more uh, we choose to do God's will, the freer we become. In other words, the more perfect our will, our freedom, becomes. In that sense, if we were able to bind ourselves to always doing the will of God, we would be truly and completely free. And this is what the saints do in heaven. They are perfectly free because they see God at all times and they want to do always God's will. And finally, remember this. After we die, we will have to give an account before God as to how we have used that freedom that was His gift to us. We are responsible for the external and the internal choices that we make. And we will have to give an account on the last judgment of our choices and the way we have lived. In this lies our greatness. In this lies our dignity. And in this lies our responsibility. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week I will continue talking about uh, our free will, how it relates to responsibility and to the grace of God. Please make sure to share this episode with your friends, follow us on your preferred platform, and if you can, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Hope to see you next time, and may God bless your day.